Also, fair warning, I'm gonna say assassination, like, every time I say the word assassination, <laughs> because it's fucking impossible for me to not do it that way. <laughs> Welcome to Buckheap Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode four of Assassin's Apprentice, chapters 19 through the epilogue. And I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Eli, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a rereader. I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. I'm Joey, and I'm an audiobook listener for the first time. So, first up, we have corrections, omissions, and announcements. Uh, the only thing I put was that we are confirming that Fitz is 15 years old during the events at the end of this book. How did we confirm that? Who did right. the math? I read ahead. And God they... damn you with your spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> they just confirm his age a lot in the forthcoming section of the second novel. Is it so bad was... that I've read that and I don't remember that he was confirmed 15, 15 a lot? Like eight times they say that is 15. I believe you. <laughs> Why? Why do they hound it in so much? But we had such a hard time kind of nailing down how old he was and how much time had gone by, so. Yeah, it remains quite the mystery when you're reading along. So our first chapter uh, is chapter 19, Journey, but Joey's going to summarize that one, so go, go right ahead. All right. Um, first of all, I do not apologize for my use of unproper nouns. As you're listening to this, I... I have to. Ha I had to spell out words, pronouns that I've never, or proper nouns that I've never actually read, because I'm guilty of not reading. But uh, <laughs> but my pronunciation should be on point, unless I misread my <laughs> my unproper nouns. Can we please call Shade Chad from now on? Chad. <laughs> Shade. Chad. No, but you literally took off the E, so now it's just Chad. Chad. This is my methy friend, Chad. <laughs> when did Ch wait? When did when did Chad lose an E? Boy, Chad remarked quietly. Fuck. Wait, is that in my quotes? <laughs> All right, Chad. So that's just bad typing. <laughs> I just really want to call him Chad from now on. That's an improper typing. Improper, <laughs> improper noun. Um, so this is an intro to the Mountain Kingdom and their traditions and laws. Um, Jompei Town is part of the Mountain Duchy, but you don't call it Chiorda. Um, it's, it's home of the original civil servants, not a ruling class, servants to the people. I know that comes up a lot later on um, because it defines the uh, leadership style of uh, Ketrikin, who is the, 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 the civil the civil servant leader as i i don't what do they actually call her is she a uh sacrifice sacrifice, sacrifice. Yeah. the sacrifice um so i'm gonna go ahead and call it shiorda is made up <laughs> of farmers and herders but they're active traders uh there's a royal long distance marriage being arranged between uh, ketrikin and verity uh, and that's something that uh, Regal has organized as a political solution to tensions caused by the uh, the red ship assholes. Um, so <laughs> I guess, and I'm still trying to understand what skin in the game Regal has, but, you know, I mean, it it seems like, and I guess we'll get into this, but I, Ketrikin seems like a pretty good pick. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) So good job, Regal. Um, I think, well, we'll see. Uh, Burich is still being a bitch. Um, He fits his all mopey about Molly. Um, And uh, (laughs) Fitz uh, wants to, he's looking around for the the, the fool. And um, actually, Jenny, you wrote, you included this quote, so I think it's appropriate that you read it. For no other reason than I was lonely, I decided to seek out the fool. Oh, and thus, thus the uh, the relationship <laughs> truly began. Um, <laughs> so, the, I think the most interesting thing about this chapter is what happens uh, next, where the uh, where Fitz just sort of accidentally trespasses into the fool's chambers, and um, he was hot. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it was hot. Yeah, that he's was like, I was hot. Oh, and I was hot. like, I'm thirsty I gotta... and out of breath. <laughs> Um, so, so he ends up in the chambers, um, he immediately ano- uh, notices all the ornate pieces of craftsmanship, um, but one piece in particular caps Fitz's attention, um, it is this, and this is a quote, a baby that was what I took it for at first, and without thinking, I took the next step, the next steps, and knelt beside the basket that it, that cradled it. But it was not a living child, but a doll, crafted with such incredible art that almost I expected to see the small chest move with breath. I reached a hand to the pale, delicate face, but dared not touch it. The curve of the brow, the closed eyelids, the faint rose that suffused the tiny cheeks, even the small, even the small hand that rested on top of the coverlets, were more perfect than I supposed a made thing could be. Of what delicate clay it had been crafted, I could not guess, nor what hand had inked the tiny eyelashes that curled on the infant's cheeks. The, the tiny coverlet was embroidered all over with pansies, and the pillow was of satin. Um, so this is uh, obviously a hyper-realistic clay doll. I think it's kind of creepy. Um, kind of? <laughs> We're going to go with a kind of? It's so, is that it's, a 10 no. on the creepy scale? It's a 10 on the I have opinions. The, this is like, and also like, I can't decide what's creepier. This, the fact that the fool has this like hyper realistic baby in its room, or the way that Fitz describes it. Like the two of them are kind of made for each other. <laughs> you have no idea. What an invasion of privacy! Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, there's that too. I mean, <laughs> oh, I, I it might be cooler behind this door. I, I think I should probably just go ahead. Like, let me go into this enclosed area, and that will make me feel better. Yes, an enclosed area at the top of a tower that no one uses anymore. That he clearly chose to live <laughs> in because it's Remote. near nothing and next to no one. Yeah. Ah, oh, jeez, Fitz. The fool would have been a cosplayer. So what do we Both what show. do we think about this doll though? I mean, like, what does this say? I mean, we it automatically tells us that the fool is inclined to appreciate. Has it? An ass- I've been on the part of Etsy where people sell the hyper realistic dolls. I don't know. Yeah, I... it's because they want to have a baby and they can't. Yeah, I mean, I just like I'm proud of him for his craftsmanship. Good job. <laughs> um, but the fact that he has it and that's like I don't know. I just envision him again, just like out of his character broken down at night in the middle of the night cradling this baby and like uh, it's just it's I can't I cannot who is this <laughs> it's too creepy who's the baby though any baby his baby the people the baby he never got to have him as a baby because he is, who knows what his childhood him, was is like is it him as a baby 
He could be mourning the loss of his childhood because he's translucent and cold and made to be the king's slave. I don't know. Does it have so, to be I something? Really just maybe he cannot just, wait. Maybe maybe he just likes baby dolls. dolls. Maybe he's just so skilled that that's what he has to make. He has to make a baby, a perfect. He has to make baby. a baby. I would say like an iguana would be more impressive. <laughs> There's so, so many lifelike. scales and to make it lifelike, yeah. I for some reason I originally read this. I thought it was uh, or, or listened to this. I thought it was a uh, a wooden carving. I don't know. Maybe wait, wait. They, did I they mean, say we're it not was really porcelain? told? No, it says it's it made of wooden. clay. No, hyper. Oh, okay. It's oh, okay. A, I, yeah, if you read in the quote, it says what delicate clay it had been crafted. I could not guess. So, so it's porcelain. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, whatever. Thing it's. Uh, so then, um, he, he runs into, he runs into, to Chade, uh, has to, is talking about having to kill, uh, uh, Rorisk. Um, and then there's this, this lovely quote from, um, Chade. He says, boy, Chade remarked quietly, never pretend we are anything but we are assassins, not merciful agents of a, a wise king, political assassins dealing death for the furtherance of our monarchy. And then of course, you know, like. Cue the, the 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 pontificating about the heavy burden that it is to take another person's life, and yeah, I mean we get it. It sucks. Um, this is yet another way for Fitz to absorb more gloom, and that's kind of how I I kind of see his purpose as an assassin. It's kind of a perfect profession for him because it allows him to give him something to be further further his melancholy, right? Like, what else would a person like Fitz do other than kill people and feel bad about it? Literally anything else. (laughs) He could be a down and out fisherman who only has rusty hooks. He could be, you know, like like a farmer who has. He could be a doll craftsman. He could be a doll craftsman with clumsy hands. He's a he's a he's a killer with a conscience. Yeah. Could you imagine the dolls that Fitz would make? Stable master. Yeah. (laughs) That job's taken. That job's taken. (laughs) State's taken. Um, and then they, they they discuss it further. They de- they determine that Galen can't be punished. Um, Ver- uh, Verity pities uh, Fitz and uh, accused Shade of and Shrewd of spending Fitz's life. So uh, I guess this is a case where Shade might be getting a little too possessive, or, or not Shade, but Verity's getting a little too possessive of Fitz, and that's just to tell us about like that Verity obviously is starting to favor Fitz. Um, and then they have this this discussion about the king's men's lives are basically currency for the kingdom, and Shrewd is to to spend their lives as needed to save the the, the kingdom, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think that's just like uh, the king's. Uh, it's hard to be a king's man. This is the burden of a king's man as a, an assassin. Um, and then uh, and then I thought this was really funny. Um, Fitz gets his ears pierced by Patience and Lacey with the gift of an <laughs> earring, um, which I don't think, mm-hmm. do they really talk about what that earring is right at this? No, they don't. Okay. So that, that ear, that's here, a, no. it's an important thing that we don't know about just yet. Um, but, um, that happened. So that, you know, just gets pierced. Um, and then, uh, there's, there's some wedding <laughs> gifts described, uh, about, uh, for Ketrakin, among them a horse, a bunch of plants and some other crap. Um, <laughs> And then the we do get a full encounter. Uh, he gives he gives this is very important. Full encounter, full encounter <laughs> gives Fitz. Tra- I want a trademark after that. Full encounter, <laughs> trademark. Full we encounter. get a Fitz tress or yeah. Well, Fitz gives or he the fool gives Fitz sea purge, which again not so subtle foreshadowing. Take the fool's advice as wisdom, of course. Duh. Uh, fool confronts uh, Fitz's trespass, heart to heart on intimate quarters. You know, like don't. What are you doing? 
Um, and then Phantom Verity, I, I call him Phantom Verity, because he just kind of, like, drifts through the halls like a ghost. He's, he's like, I guess he's, like, kind of, he's using the skill too much, so he's not even really there anymore. And he goes, and all he says to Fitz is, speak well of me to her. I always thought that you thought well of me. Okay. Um, that's kind of, thanks, <laughs> Creepy Verity. Um, and then they, they, they leave for Jompe Town, uh, and then there's some quick descriptions about the Faroe Plains, the Blue Lake. It's a trading. They end up on a trading route. They go through Storms Pass, Rain Wilds. I couldn't tell you much about these places, and they, I don't think they do not go. Just aside, they do not go through the Rain Wilds. I thought they. I thought they said through the Rain Wilds. Negative, sir. Can we just can we please address that he wrote Pharaoh as an Egyptian Pharaoh instead of <laughs> the actual Dutchie? Joe, Joey wrote in the notes the Pharaoh Plains as in Egyptian Pharaoh instead of the. Pharaoh What is it? What is it's it? It's all Pharaoh? phonetic. No, it's Pharaoh, like F A R R O W. Nice. So there's. Uh... But I like the idea of an Egyptian. Yeah, I thought there were cultures. <laughs> so yes, uh, to continue. So when when uh, he's describing the geography, he does mention the rainwilds, but they're on the other side of the mountains. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. For those people who will yell at us about our lack of knowledge. We do know this. Um. We know where the rain wilds are. Sort of. Vaguely. Um, there's good weather on the trip. That's nice. Uh, someone messed with his special chest. And I, for the life of me, don't know if that matters. But somebody... It does. Okay. But I, I, I can't recall why. I guess it comes up later. Uh, Burridge is still being a bitch. Uh, or a dick. Your choice. Um, then there's some talk with Hans. Probably not very interesting. Hans. His um, name is Hans. Hans. <laughs> Hans. They call him Hans. Hans. Yes, Hans. Like Hans. 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 No, like All like right. hands. Like two hands. Hans. It's like the ones on the end of your arm. Is that how they spell it? I am dying. <laughs> they spell it hands? Fitz can't Sorry. sleep because he's got to kill a guy, so he's got he's got assassin insomnia. Oh my god, assomnia. I'm um, and then, oh wait, so this is a quote from somebody. This assignment, <laughs> this assignment must be done perfectly. And then I was like, wait a minute, Fitz doesn't do perfect. It's like, it's like this is a problem. No. Fitz puts the, and then I. I'm not reading that. I'm sure that's a quote from Fitz, right? Um, oh my god! Of course, that, I think a, it is. I think a, it's a Fitz quote. Yeah, right, this okay. assignment must be done. Okay, perfectly. I'm going to take over a little bit. Um, so well, that was it. really that's great, that Joey. Thank you for for you asking to do that. Didn't talk about the drum girls. <laughs> There's drum girls. There's fresh fish. There's flirty drum girls. And there were. I well, you're right. There were. There were flirty drum girls. <laughs> trying they were trying you know they were hussy they were they were local yokels trying to get in it okay and then there's like more wedding will wishers that that Mm. join up with the caravan right and then i don't know why this is important but there's like goat goat pack beasts they're llamas they have llamas okay they got llamas so (laughs) again we've transitioned from buckkeep to jampa town 
and you know we get to see more of the six duchies we go through those inland duchies that have been such a problem politically for verity and shrewd um you know leaving buckkeep which has been the main setting for the story so far feels to me even though we're very you know we're we're at the end and these last six chapters that we read you know they're pretty short it feels like finally maybe something i mean stuff happened in the last section no doubt but it think things sped up right the adventure has begun yeah. we are no longer at home we're going places and you know Drama. And we're gonna kill. And we're gonna kill people going at the on end. An adventure, drama, murder, weddings—all the things people love. <laughs> and and Fitz is also being separated from the people that he trusts the most. You know, we have Verity and the Fool, right? And his only allies now are Burrich, who that's not—you know—he's not sure about him right now. Yeah, right. <clears throat> so yeah. So thank you, Joey. That was very. You're welcome. Good. <laughs> so what, we're moving what on i to, aim to do do you guys have anything else to say about the fool's creepy baby or verity <laughs> you know i will say I, I i am not without compassion i do feel for the fool i feel like he's probably got a little fucked you know on, on the life gig like he he has kind of a shitty life from what i would guess and i do feel badly that like if he made this doll as a companion for himself or in any way, like mourning his past or anything like that, like, yeah, that's really sad and shitty, but like, dude, that's creepy. <laughs> yeah. It's also up yeah. in his room where no one goes. Yeah. It's not like he's right. He's not and bringing creepy that to your room, chiclet teeth. Well, yeah. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not without compassion. Like, I think it's really horrible that Fitz violated his privacy and it's just like, yeah, I'm going to go in your room and go through your shit. Like, that's rude. And I would probably kill him myself if somebody did that but does somebody yeah. remember what Fitz said that sort of repaired the situation something he was saying like how much he admired how like how much he wished he had a place like that something oh something yeah. Like that. yeah yeah That's he right. was he wishes that he had a place that was as much him as that room was yeah. the fool Ex- yeah yeah and then he goes and mopes in his own in his own chambers which are all boring and lame he's like <clears throat> and probably smelly it's smelly yeah. and ugly in here. I wish I had that <clears throat> baby. Well, you know, sometimes investing a little bit in your interior decorating can improve your life. <laughs> yeah. And I will say the rest of the, the works, the weaving sounded beautiful. Mm-hmm. The colorful drapery and the blankets and everything sounded like he was knocking it out of the park. <clears throat> he also said it's a place I would keep a secret, which I thought was interesting. Uh-oh. Okay, so chapter 20 is Jumpa. Uh, Ashley, are you going to take this one? Uh, no, this one's not oh, me. It's not? Oh, it's me. I did this one. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to mix things up, and I don't know what I'm doing. Never right. apologize. So uh, this intro is a fragment from uh, Chayarda Holy Tablet that illuminates the idea of the sacrifice, and that's the founding of Jumpa, uh, which we learn about later. So Fitz and company arrive in Jampa, which seems to be a very harmoniously designed city and that it is made mostly of nomadic style buildings slash tents with an eye towards nature. There are gardens and lots of bright colors and the party is split. Uh, Most of them stay down at this field with all the livestock and the rest of them, including Fitz, the the rest of like the diplomatic corps, 
um, they they head up to the palace and they're all kind of complaining because they are tired. So the locals bring in these litters uh, and they get on the litters and, and all the litters are being carried by a charity woman, which Fitz finds embarrassing. He thinks it makes them look weak and feeble. Uh, and he wishes that he was he that they could all proudly walk <laughs> to to the palace, but instead they're born on litters. Um, and when they get there, they gather, and they there's a lot of description of the palace itself, which is made out of cultivated trees and sort of molded um, like daub walls and other kind of partitions. And it's just it's very naturalistic. Um, and they hear King Eob speak. Fitz uh, ends up talking to one of his friends that he made on the litter bearing up the hill, and her name is Junkie, and that turns out to be the king's sister. So Fitz is a little mortified that their group is treating members of the royal family like servants. <clears throat> it, it's Junkie. Yeah, Junkie. <laughs> Jean Not Junkie. <laughs> and um, anyway, he, he also thinks that it's actually kind of a, a genius way to treat the ruling class because if everyone could be royal family, then you would treat everyone nicely. Fitz is eventually introduced to Prince Rusk and Princess Ketrikin at this gathering, and they give Fitz very good first impressions. They're they're both really nice, and John Kui introduces him as Fitz Chivalry, but August immediately interrupts them and gets confused and and says that no, that his name is Fitz. He's the bastard, uh, which we can all thank Verity for that because he never told anyone Fitz's real name. Ketrikin yeah, yeah. says that she knows Fitz that Regal told her all about him and that she also knows that he is the king's poisoner and that he's dun, training dun, dun. under Lady Time, which that definitely throws Fitz. Uh, mm -hmm. And then Ketrikin takes Fitz on a tour of the palace gardens and they talk a lot. They talk about Verity, just like uh, Verity asked. And Ketrikin talks more about what Regal has been saying, which is basically a lot of negative shit about Verity and Fitz and painting them in a poor light. Uh, and she also reveals that she knows all about that Fitz is an assassin and that he's going to kill the prince. And that, like, he, she knows all the plans and that Regal told her. And Rurisk and Jankwi, they show up and Fitz realizes that he's been poisoned and he basically gets the hell out of Dodge and goes back to his quarters, takes the sea purge that the fool gave him and spends a miserable night, I guess, purging. Blech. <laughs> Rough times. How ironic is it that the assassin is almost assassinated within like 20 minutes of his arrival? <laughs> yep. Right? Fuck you, Regal. Carried out it's, perfectly. Yeah. This assassination needs to be carried out perfectly. <laughs> I mean... It just didn't mean on himself. <laughs> I do like the whole thing at the beginning where Fitz is just like really pissed off at Regal for not informing them properly of you know what the customs were so they didn't look like idiots when uh -huh. they arrived yeah and <laughs> I also really like Fitz's little like journeys from the litter to go look at trees and things and they're like wow he's so inquisitive and likes our 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 like kingdom this is great right he also speaks their language pretty quickly I was gonna oh, yeah. say like 
I love that they're like, oh yeah, he's like, I, I had a couple lessons on uh, some rustic versions of the language before I left Buckkeep, and then he's like, bitches, I'm fluent! <laughs> like, well, I like that he's like, I wanted to master the accent before I got to the palace, and like, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Birch is always pissed off at him, but you know, he clearly taught him the proper manners, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I think there's something else going on. <laughs> I, I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I think there's a lot of little clues and little things dropped in this chapter that make me think that maybe Fitz is in his element a little too much. Yeah, I kind of got that feeling too. You know. No, like, I mean, is it is it open enough them talking about Moon's Eye and I mean Yeah, we know that it, Moon's been... Eye is nearby for right, sure. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And that's where Fitz was where we first Found. saw him at six years old right with no yes. other memory yeah so it's it's possible that he well, already knew this language right yeah because and we know that he was in like a snowy cold place when he was taken and that um chivalry was has been stationed up there because he knew rurisk and everybody yep. so i mean it all it all adds up for yeah. sure and it also seems like maybe maybe what's very clear to fits about the the way that the the people in this in this town would expect visitors to act maybe it's really clear to fits but not that clear to anyone else even if you have been there uh not to defend regal but i also would just like to comment on the physical description of the shiruta people that they're very tall and large and very pale with neon red hair <laughs> some of them are blonde some of them are redheads yeah, like most they're basically a whole bunch of Brianne's. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm down with it yeah. but you know not really regal and stuff. hardy like all the old ladies can put a bunch of fat southerners on a on a litter and drag them I, up the hill <laughs> i felt so embarrassed for them when it's like they sent a bunch of old biddies <laughs> to come and carry your sorry asses up these fucking hills no wonder he felt ashamed. Yeah, I would have. Be like, wait, I can't let old women carry me up the mountain. <laughs> and then he was torn, but then he was like, no, I have to let them because I don't know which is ruder, letting them carry me or then like protesting that these old people are carrying. <laughs> wait, do they carry Ketrick around like that? No. No. So what's this? The only people they get carried around on litters are the people who are ill or too old and infirm. So why are they carrying? Yeah. Is it like, an insult? I don't get it. No, because they asked no, for them. Because they complained. They yeah. said I think that they were just weary. confused by them. Oh and my like, god! Well, I guess we should like. Yeah, they were weary from travels, and they had brought so many gifts that they had a bunch of stuff they had to carry. And they were like, "No, we don't want to have to walk uphill. We're tired, and we brought all we brought too much shit. <laughs> like we're not doing it." So then they're like, "Fine, we will show you how weak and miserable you are and carry your asses." <laughs> asses. Yeah, so it's, it's a little bit of a yeah. Yeah, it was a polite middle finger. To that, <laughs> it's like when they—it's—I was gonna say compared to Game of Thrones when the uh, when the Dothraki were like, "You can ride in this cart." Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, definitely the same. Slightly less. Yeah, I think it was more yes. of them just being like, "Oh, the Southerners are very are very weak. We we should yes. help." They're like, "Fuck." Yeah. Not like, "Oh, they're fucking weak." Haha. It's more like, "Oh, the poor things." Was it? I feel like I'd be like, "Fuck!" I feel like the I feel like the Chirda are largely. It's probably more like pity. Yeah, I think that they're it's, largely yeah, a pleasant was... people to. And also, like they're like I mean, they are respectful. trying to. 
They're trying to make an alliance with these people, so they're probably like, oh, I guess we'll, like, help them out. Mm -hmm. Chapter 21 is called Princes. The intro is a rhyme about the carry mirror, which we now figured out, well, we figure out in this chapter is actually what uh, got to Fitz in the poisoning. So... Fitz awakens to Prince Rose bursting into his room the next morning, and he has the canter of Purge, and the prince is surprised to see that Fitz is still alive. He tells him that he's been poisoned, and Fitz is like, yeah, dude, I already know. Rusk <laughs> says that he knew about the assassination plans, and that his sister, Kenrick, acted alone in the poisoning him with the herbs from the garden, and she just was trying to save her brother. Rusk asks for forgiveness, and um, Fitz uses Patience's line from the previous, I guess, two chapters ago, where he says, it's too late to apologize. I have already forgiven you. It's too late. And we actually, we learned that that was one of Shivy's catchphrases, so I thought it was really cute that he got to use his dad's catchphrase. Mm -hmm. It's too late um, to apologize. It's too late! <laughs> You're going to need to work on, on that for karaoke. On his, dad's, on his dad's friend, so he definitely is like chivalry's ghost all the time. Yeah, yeah right? So Rusk is pissed at Kenrick because she tried to poison him, but he makes her go and bring food and drink, and they all sit down and they eat and drink together to prove to Fitz that it's no longer a risk of him being poisoned. And then they decide to talk strategy. Fitz and the prince both now know that the assassination... Assassination. I did it. The assassination. Assassination. <laughs> the assassination the can't happen because... <laughs> the ass verb. The assassination can't happen because people would know that it was a murderer and who did it. So they decide on an alliance... Jampe needs grains and goods for their people and places to graze their livestock in the winter. And for that, uh, Rurusk is willing to give King Shrewd timber for his warships that he wants to build. So Fitz agrees to notify the king with a plan and the assassination can be put to rest. Meantime, the wedding is getting poppin'. We've got minstrels, we've got poets, we've got breeding stock, horses with fancy braids. It's <laughs> lit. <laughs> Food spreads are shared by all the village, but sadly, Fitz has the bubble guts from the purge, and he can't partake. Ugh. Yeah, that's rough. They they comment a whole bunch about his bubble guts, like a whole bunch. Yeah. It comes, if it's if whatever, it's like every other sentence. Yeah, but whenever Fitz know. doesn't feel good, you fucking know it. Yeah, oh, that's typical. That's this looks not real to be good. I would eat this. not to be sexist so or much. gender biased yeah. or anything, but that is typical male sick behavior. But. So Princess Ketty announces that she now belongs to the six duchies and she hopes to serve the land well. She reminds her people that she's leaving them not for lack of love, but to benefit them. And after her speech, Rusk and Fitz leave the fussy party to go check out the kennel because Burrich actually helped him breed some better dogs. And we walk in and you guys, <laughs> I cannot even handle it because Nosy was there and it was fucking awesome. So he's old and he's totally loyal to Rusk, but he does remember boy. And Fitz immediately, immediately is just like, holy shit, Nosy is still alive. And he runs to go and find Burrich because he just needs to talk to him. And he tells him that he saw Nosy. And Burrich is shocked that after all these years, Fitz thought that he murdered this dog. <laughs> He's been thinking that for so long. And Burrich says the line, you believe I would kill a dog for something that you did? And I was like, Ouch. damn, that is a burn. Yeah. Zing. Um, but Birch is somewhat offended that after all this time together that Fitz didn't think better of him and get to know him better to understand that, like, he never would have done that. But he understands that it probably kept them at odds. However, Birch says that they still can't be friends because he's using the wit and to get back to him if he ever decides to stop and he'll take him at his word. 
Um, Come on. <laughs> so Fitz goes back to his room and he's getting ready for bedtime. He's taken off his uncomfy clothes and then he's summoned by Severance to talk to Regal. Regal wants to know about the assassination, when it's happening and how. And Fitz says that he can't do it anymore. And Regal, because Regal blew his cover. And Regal, of course, says he did no such thing and that the assassination still has to happen and it needs to happen before the wedding. Could I just say that every every time I I have a deadline and uh, somebody who is higher rank than me in my office comes to me and <laughs> asks me about this thing that I have to do, that's exactly how I feel. Because <laughs> when Re- Regal's like, "Okay, well, how are we doing this assassination?" They start to micromanage me, and I'm like, "Wait, hold on, I got it. I got it under control. I'll deliver it by this date. It's going to be fine." And it's like, "Okay, calm down." Thanks they always people. blow your cover. They always ruin it for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, let's talk about, like, what what is Regal doing, right? Like, he he's setting himself up. He's gone and he's made this, like, really nice uh, little bit of dip- diplomatic maneuvering in order to get Shrewd exactly what he wants and what he needs to, to defend the land. Um, and he does it with this alliance through Ketrican. And now he's sitting up there poisoning it. So, you know, you know that he's up to something, but how can Regal benefit from this? Yeah, I mean, mystery remains. Yeah. Uh, anybody else have any comments on this chapter? It covered... I mean, y'all, when Nosy was there, fucking sob. <laughs> like, I'd completely cry. forgotten that that was a thing, so I was, like, reading it for the first time again, and I was like, oh, no, he didn't kill him. Well, I just think it's, I think it's great that, like, well, what the fuck did you do then, Burridge? Did you just punch yeah. a dog? He punched a dog. He punched a dog. It's not as bad as killing. What he was punched the, a dog. What was that sharp pain? What was it? That's punch in the head to a dog's head. He punched a dog. Well, I think, He's not so I think innocent. reading it for a second, I guess, maybe even, I guess, okay, third time, if you count the audiobook rushed read I just did not too long ago. So I was reading, and right before he takes Nosy away, he's doing the whole. Uh, the way he figures it out is with that little whip that he says he's mm-hmm. he says he's never used it on a dog before, and then he finds out that they're using the whip uh... by telling uh, Fitz what the whip is for, and then Nosy reacts to it, even though Nosy would have no reason to know what it is. But oh, right yeah. before he takes Nosy away, he's like, I've never used this ever on a dog or an animal. Mm-hmm. You know, this not, that's not the way you treat animals. And then he takes Nosy away. Then he so punches it's like, the dog. So there's yeah, a lot of context clues that he would not kill this dog. Exactly. But he would yeah. punch it. <laughs> or whip it. Maybe he whipped it. Maybe whip. he whipped it. Finally, yeah. he well, I mean, whip on his is there something he could do to Nosy that would make... That's not killing him. That Vulcan neck it's... pinch is very he, effective. He could repel him. <laughs> yeah. The Vulcan he, he used neck the wit. <laughs> he could do something. Vulcan wit neck pinch. Birch is such a hypocrite. Yeah, oh yeah. Birch uh. is a total hypocrite. He's like, what? they have that whole discussion where he was like, being able to do a thing and doing the thing <laughs> are different. He's like, I can use... Use the sense without, like, you know, making a, a bond or whatever. I, I can stand around and watch and listen, but I yeah. don't speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, he's a <laughs> loophole. It's, diff- if, it's different to use chapter, it and not use it on like, purpose or whatever. Like, what did, what did he say? It's different to listen and not to project or whatever mm-hmm. he said. It's just he spends all this time talking to Fitz again and they're like, you know, sort of 
sort of getting back on better terms again, and then he's like, oh, you're still using the wit. I can't talk to you. Bye. Yeah. Like, what? But no. I also, also, uh, how did he get nosy? He got nosy from Fedrin. That's who Birch gave the dog to, because he said that he got him from a traveling uh, right. scribe that came up from uh. Buckheap. So Birch yeah, nice. gave Nosy mm-hmm. to Fedrin, and Fedrin took him up. So again, these are all people Fitz knows and speaks to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, good lord. As we've discussed, Fitz is not very observant when he doesn't have to be. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, he can turn that on, otherwise he's just like... He's wandering mess. around in a fog. He's also the last one to know things. Always. Which is not good for like, his <laughs> Like, if there's any gossip, he's like, wait, what happened? I do want to talk about how Regal has no idea who, who Shade is, and he just thinks it's Lady Time. He thinks time. Lady Time is real. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which is great. So great. And yeah. Fitz is like, oh. Well, that's how Fitz obviously knows. wasn't like, willing to throw that out. He wasn't right. willing oh, to think, give that up. I think that's also like part of the the double speak where he knows that like Regal's definitely lying to him about about lying because he keeps referring to Shade as Lady Time, and so Fitz. Because yeah. if he really knew, then yeah, yeah, if he was he, really he, in on things with Shade and with with the King, right. then you know he wouldn't be right. calling him Lady Time. Yeah, but that's also what what makes Fitz start to doubt Shrewd. Because he knows right. he knows now that Regal is being given some information, but not all. So who's giving him that information? It's obviously Shrewd. Right. Yeah. That sucks. So, chapter 22, Dilemmas. The intro is a recounting of a dream in which Fitz sees the fool, and he speaks to Fitz. Um, Fitz's place as a it's in a crossroads and that he has the potential for continued possibilities but that he must live yeah I actually want to read it okay all right in the dream the fool stood by my bed he looked down at me and shook his head why cannot I speak clearly because you make it all a muddle I see a crossroads through the fog and who always stands within it you do you think I can keep you alive because I'm so entranced with you no It is because you create so many possibilities. While you live, you give us more choices. The more choices, the more chances to steer for calmer water. So it is not for your benefit, but for the six duchies that I preserve your life. And your duty is the same, to live so that you may continue to present possibilities. It's Chivalry Farseer, the boy who lives. I also wrote in the notes, (laughs) shout out to Leto 2 from Children of Dune. Cool, I didn't know what that it's meant. It's the golden path. <laughs> it's the golden path. It's always a golden path. It's not just Dune. Everything is Dune, you guys. Not everything is Dune. Rachel has a theory that everything that happens in any fiction ever has something <laughs> to do with Dune. It was, Dune. In, it was caused by Dune in some way. <laughs> she, she could be right. We don't maybe, know yet. Maybe. It's a, Dune is in the Pharaoh Deserts. Mm, definitely. Fields. Mm-hmm. There's Dunes there. <laughs> with the pyramids. <laughs> And the llamas. So I will say, <laughs> Chad knows all about it. Chad, I will say the way what? that fits. Okay, nope. You guys keep going. Sorry. The way that fits. Uh, I was going to say this intro section. The way that Fitz is presented by the fool, it makes him. He's presented almost like a sacrifice, like the prince and the princess, and that would to speak. Of like, did he really come from this place? He's just presented as this very important person that needs to continue to live to for the benefit of the people, for the possibilities and everything. Mm-hmm. So there is a little bit of a yeah. 
parallel there. Um, digging into the chapter, though, so Fitz finds himself in quite the quandary. He has no idea how he's supposed to handle this murder mission that he's been put on. He doesn't want to do it. Regal says he has to. So Fitz decides he's thinking through all the possibilities, and he's decided that the king hasn't actually lied to him, but Regal lied to King Shrewd about the health of Rusk and Rusk's attitude towards the duchies because we were told that he was really ill and he didn't want to be kind or work with the duchies. Um, and then he's kind of trying to place Kenrick and he decides that she didn't lie about anything. Regal had to have spilled the beans to her because she knew about Lady Time and how else would she have known about her and all that is just making Fitz very indecisive and he doesn't understand why Regal is engineering all of this and to what end. Um, and not knowing how to proceed, he goes to August and he asks him to skill a message to the king. He wants to send a message um, that Ruisk is in good health that we should hope that he lives to an old age and should we still give him the gift and <laughs> the king yeah you know talking in code and the king says you know what proceed as regal says just do whatever he says so just do whatever so princess Ketty gives another speech on the second wedding day she says she's bound as sacrifice to the people of the six duchies and she'll do as they command of her the party is still popping, but Fitz is plagued by Regal's orders. Everyone at the party decides that they're going to smoke. <laughs> Lots of quotes in this chapter. Um, we see Regal's pretty fresh with Kent and Rick at times, which I thought was interesting. And he keeps himself surrounded by his men. He has August and Zebrin and Cobb and Raud. There's lots of stern faces and lots of talking, and Fitz just feels like they've got to be plotting. So Fitz reports back to Regal that night, but he doesn't get to talk to him. Severin's won't let him pass because he says that he has company. And Severin gives him poison and instructs him to slip into Rusk that evening before bed. Fitz thinks it's super weird that Severin is the one giving him the instructions, that he's in on the murder plot. Raud is right there next to him overhearing this entire conversation. So it's like everybody's in the know on this, <laughs> on this fucking murder it's mystery. Ah, oh, it's that yeah. easy. And Fitz is like, yeah. oh, yeah, I've definitely got to kill all these people now because yeah, everybody yeah. knows about yeah. me. It's like, God damn. Too bad I hate them, you know? I guess i got to right. kill them. So Fitz concedes. He's like, okay, I guess I need to go down and figure this out. He goes... Um, he hides underneath the floorboards and of Regal's room, and he tries to overhear what's happening, and he hears Regal telling the plot to Cobb. So now even Cobb is in on it. <laughs> so it's late, it's bedtime, and Fitz goes to Princess Ketty's room, and he asks her one question. He says, if I killed your brother tonight, what would you do? And she's like, I'd still marry Verity. I pledged myself to the people of the Six Duchies. I'm bound by my word. I'm bound by the word of my family. I would still go through with it. So Fitz is like, okay, great. Fitz leaves, goes to Prince Rusk's room, and he asks him to crack open a bottle of wine. Have you talked? You've got to have some vino. So he tells Rusk that he's come to poison him. He's pretty open about it, and he straight pours the poison into Rusk's glass right in front of him. And Rusk decides to drink out of Fitz's cup, and they're chatting, and it gets all really funny, and they're like, I'm going to kill you. You're going to poison me. And they're kind of going back and forth with this banter and everything. <laughs> Ketty comes, she's pissed at them because they're joking about dying. She leaves, and then Cobb comes to the door. And at the kind of the same time, we realize that Rusk is actually poisoned. He was joking about being poisoned, but now he's actually convulsing. And that's when Fitz has his oh shit moment. <laughs> and he realizes that he never drank from the poisoned glass, which means that the wine was already poisoned. Dun, 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 dun. So they both had the poisoned wine. Fitz tries to make a dash for it. He scuffles with Cobb, stabs Cobb with a murder dagger, kills him. He tries to flee, but then Princess Ketty shows up and fucks everything up and hits him over the head, and he's out. 
come to. Fitz is tied up in a stable, I want to say, or something. Barn, there was straw? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the stable. There is straw. And Regal's overlooking him, and he compares Fitz's falling to poison and treachery to his how his mother was brought down as well. Um, Regal says that he knows he's known everything all along, and he's totally in the know, and he knows exactly what's up. And it's like, okay, sure, you know, you kind of yeah, know what's know. up. Um, <laughs> that Bretch was wise to bail on him because it was cost him his life. Regal leaves Fitz to die from the poison, and then he has, like, a fever dream, which he's very, this is his thing, he only skills when he dreams, and he skills and he hears Galen skilling with a squeaky mouse voice, which is, like, the perfect voice for Regal. Love it. (laughs) We learn that Galen is going to kill Verity, and it will be easy because he's so weak from skilling so much, and Galen is working with Regal on this whole big murder plot. Galen instructs Regal to kill Severin and Raud because they know too much to frame Fitz for it. And we see um, Fitz wake up and he hears howling. So he knows Nosy is howling because the prince has died from the poison. Nosy comes, chews through Fitz's ropes to free him. They mourn and do their wit thing and they're sad about the death. And then Birch shows up to help Fitz and Fitz fills him in on the whole murder plan. Yeah, how, how did Birch know And that's that, where it leaves. Huh? Right? I know. So this is when it, yes, this is when it has dawned on me. It dawned on me. But shit ton of stuff happened in this chapter. And so much. it was like the end of the toilet paper roll at the end of the chapter. Where it's like the beginning of the toilet paper roll, everything goes slow. And you're like, I have so much time with this toilet paper. And at the end, you're like, oh my god, it's unraveling so fast. <laughs> so yeah, That's so what the- happened at the end of this chapter. So let's start oh, at the end, right? So Burrett shows up. The only person that knew was Nosy, so clearly Birch Birch is listening. Yep. With the wits. Yes. So it's now it's uh, he's now admitted it at least. It's well, it's clear. The yeah. evidence yeah. is there. Um, what else? We know now that Regal and Galen have been teamed up this entire time. We know that they're trying to kill Verity, so that's also one of the things that Regal has to gain is he will become king in waiting. We we also we know that Regal can skill. We before we were always told that he couldn't. Not very he, well, he, but yeah, yeah, he can't. He's just Galen. Is he's the one. he's a receiver. He's, he's channeling, isn't he? No, that's Wheel of Time. <laughs> okay, I, okay, that's not what I meant. <laughs> he's, he's got a little baby skill. Uh, he can be communicated He can, he can hear. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we also uh, learn that Regal blames uh, Fitz for his mother's death. Or, or Lady Which Time. Is ridiculous. Or yeah. Lady Time. But he, he at blames least knows the poisoner. That it's the, he thinks that his yeah. mother... Yeah, he thinks that his mother was poisoned on purpose by... Which would have been the order of, Sh- of Shrewd, but either Shrewd told him it wasn't him, or it w- or maybe it wasn't Shade. Maybe Shade did it on his own. Who knows? I thought she Regal was, just thinks I thought that she Lady just, Time is is just, just out there poisoning his. Well, mother. we have that one um, intro from farther back in the book where Fitz is like, "It wasn't me. It wasn't like Shrewd did not ask me to do this." I thought that <laughs> they meant that she was really just in love with the cocoa, like. <laughs> She just had a drug. She just killed it could, herself. Yeah. It could have been an overdose. It could have yeah. been convenient for Shrewd. Mm. Although, can you overdose on pot? <laughs> I don't think that's what she was. I don't. I think she was into the harder substances. Oh, the harder Rachel. substance. Okay. Narcotics. I thought she was a smoker. 
she could have done too much blow and given herself a heart attack who knows um yeah maybe there's different versions of the smoke i'm super pumped that Cobb gets moited yeah because he's he's a piece of shit and we realize that he is the one that uh attacked bridge yes oh yeah that was another thing is Uh. he we know that Cobb is the one that yeah, killed, killed, he smells him. It's, and, yeah. Yeah. So how do we feel about uh, Rurisk, this guy that got introed really quickly and then just as quickly expelled I thought he was pretty chill. Narrative? I like Rurisk. I, <laughs> I like Rurisk Yeah, he's lot, like the actually. surfer dude, kind of like. Yeah, he's <laughs> a good guy. He's like, oh, you're here to murder me, but let's work yeah. this out. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool, We're man. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like his and Fitz's whole conversations, just like back and forth about you know all the different strategies that. Well, they he take and he speaks. Because... He speaks to Fitz as an equal. Yeah. Right, and he kind of speaks his language a yeah. little bit. He's which... emotionally intelligent. That one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were going to be good friends. Lot, uh, there's a lot of uh, so there are a lot of people saying nasty things about Ketrikan. About how she's flighty and young and spoiled and impulsive, and that Verity will not like her. That's a little, which is a little she, sad. I mean, she is young; she's eighteen. But like, I always forget that I, she's that young. I think that the fact that she was able to step up and be—I mean, she's a sacrifice for her people, and she said that even if her brother died, that she would continue down that path. I think that speaks to her maturity, not her immaturity. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do think she has a lot of maturity and strength, and I think... I think she did grows. about as good of a job at poisoning Fitz as Fitz has ever done poisoning anybody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fitz has found anything. his new apprentice. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, okay, so chapter 23 is the wedding. Uh, the intro is just a little aside about Shrewd's maxim on diplomacy, which is that you should always negotiate from a position of power, which is, seems very idealistic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, as, as Ashley said, Fitz, through the help of Nosy and Burrich has escaped. So now we see Burrich and Fitz sitting like dunces on a hill nearby. Just I love that they're just like hiding, but in the wide open. <laughs> just sitting on a hill. I mean, is that not the most Fitz thing you can do? I mean, I mean, you know, Fitz is Besides recovering from being poisoned twice and, yeah. you know, he's, yeah, he's, he's, a, little he's a little off. off. Uh, so yeah, so he he talks to Birch and he's like, "Look, we need to get to August. We need August to skill the Verity. We need to to tell him what Regal's doing." Um, and like, what does Birch make of all of this? Because Fitz is just like, "By the way, I'm here to assassinate." People. Right? Well, I guess he was and kind there's of this like, plot well, I knew going on. Muck and stalls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, how much does Birch know? <laughs> he seems like he's pretty in the know on stuff. Wow, what do the he's... What did, he's listening the to the animals, animals so he hears it all. Yeah. I like, bet you he like, talks to Slink. Here's here's a good one. Feed me. And also, feed me more. <laughs> but And he... also, I'm tired. He... I like you. <laughs> animals have a lot of interesting, complex emotions. I like you. I like you. But he, he also knows his, he knows Fitz's character. He knows Regal's character. And he's definitely the kind of person who he's a follower. So, I mean... Um, but this illuminating moment is interrupted by the arrival of Jean Cui, uh, who has <laughs> used a dog to smell out their very hidden location. 
<laughs> uh, she lets them know that Ketrakin has invoked a kin's right and she's publicly forgiven Fitz for any role he might have in Rusk's murder. Uh, so they go back. They just they walk right back in. Cool. <laughs> um, so Fitz then, you know, speaks to August who, and he says that, you know, he wants to talk to Verity and the, and the message that he gets back from Verity is to draw strength from those around him to face whatever Regal uh, says, which Fitz doesn't take literally which is disappointing uh he's really more concerned about all this other plotting that's going on he's not really listening to the words that verity is is giving august to tell him uh and then august immediately is like well you know since you killed everyone which it really wasn't (laughs) fitz who killed everyone i think right because i think regal ended up killing his own did he kill his own valet yeah 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 so He's like, well, because of you, there is no valet, and now Regal's going to take forever to get ready. And <laughs> we get my favorite Birch line ever, where he says, "How tragic for him, an untrained valet." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, eventually, they confront Regal in the steams, and Regal just goes about gloating and monologuing like any good villain. Uh, but then Fitch and Bur- Fitz and Birch are attacked by uh, a random Chiardin who <laughs> right? Regal found. But there's always one bad seed in the bunch. <laughs> uh, and what, what I don't understand think... is why Fitz and Birch didn't think that they were going to get attacked. Attacked? Right, yeah. Because Regal's naked in a bath, and I think they thought... What's he well, and do? all of Regal's bitches were gone. Yeah. It's like all of his all of his uh, henchmen are dead at this point. Still, they had to know it was a trap. I agree. So, <laughs> at first you think Burrich is dead, but uh, when Fitz, at one point Fitz is like knocked on top of him and he realizes that Burrich is still alive. Uh, in, in the ensuing kind of struggle, Fitz gets thrown into one of the baths, and as he is drowning, he reaches out with all of his magics. He's got skill going. He's got wit going. He's trying to get to Shrewd. He's trying to get to Verity. Anyone who will listen to him who's trying to tell him of Regal's plans. And through the skill, we kind of get like a little montage. We we observe the marriage. Uh, we see that Galen, is, who is physically with Verity, is ready to kill Verity via the skill by sucking all the skill from him. And since Verity has been stretching himself with the Redship Raiders, he's very weak and easy to take down. But in a twist, uh, Verity <laughs> is able to draw all of that skill strength from Fitz, like we saw in previous chapters. And because Fitz is so strong and Verity is also so strong, he immediately confronts and defeats Galen, who drops dead. Uh, and then Verity skills to August. So sad. Yeah, he skills to August and sort of like PA systems his brain, which <laughs> may or may not have burned him out. And then he definitely faints. And then he skills to Ketrikin uh, and lets her know that she's not marrying a murderer. Which is uh-huh. very heroic. I think Verity gets all, he gets to be kind of heroic and awesome in this at the end of this chapter. He does. And yeah. He gives a message to um, to August to go confront confront mm-hmm. regal once he yeah, once go, he, when he wherever he wakes when up, he wakes yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> to tell him that to tell him that his half brother is dead yes so, dun, dun, so dun. new readers had you guessed that galen was no i had no idea i guess i mean the only hit we really had was that whole conversation with shade where he was like and really what kind of pin does he wear what do you think a queensman means yeah. 
Nope, that one got me. I didn't know. I didn't know at all. But now we know why Galen and Regal were teamed up. And, yeah, and why Galen got to be related. skill master, even though he and was... And why Galen was skill yeah. master, even though he was completely untalented and shitty. Yeah. <laughs> Nepotism. Nepotism. Uh, so we get... So Galen dies. Great. Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, I like the little, there's a, an aside where they were like, oh, we were going to name a, sh- a ship after him. Is that in this book? <laughs> it is. It's, I think it's in the next okay, chapter. In the next chapter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's name a ship after yeah, Galen. And, and Verity's like, no. No. <laughs> that, that's not going to happen. No. So, Joey, earlier when you were in your section, you were talking about how um, Fitz's chest was disturbed in the night and like did that really matter so to me between this chapter and the one previous that's where I figured they got the poison to actually poison the wine that was in the prince's room and then used to poison or I assume I don't know to poison um henchmen people yeah as you know right because they would have known he would have had that chest and uh, right and Fitz knew exactly they poisoned them so that they could blame it on yeah yeah All right, so chapter 24 is called The Aftermath. The intro is a description of the landscape tapestry uh, found in Jampa. It features King Wisdom and an Elderling. Uh, and whoever's note this is, you're right. It is very similar to another tapestry we have already seen hanging in Fitz's room in Buckkeep. Yeah. So we find out that while Fitz was drowning and dying and skilling and we were watching a montage, the the person that saved him wasn't a person at all. But it was nosy. Oh, nosy. nosy. He came once more and dragged Fitz out of the, uh, out of the, the, I, go, I, I guess it's bath. a tub or a bath or a lake or whatever. An underground <laughs> spring. spring. Uh, and Fitz says that he still has the scars on his hand from when nosy used his dull old dog teeth to grip him. Mm. Uh, and then when he awoke, it was Nosy was dead on top of him. And also from what Sadness. from what we um, read in the kind of in that whole montage section, I think it wasn't just that Nosy died from the effort of pulling him out. I think right. that it sucked up energy, skill I from agree. him. Wit. Yeah. Uh, I'm literally choked up even reading this. It's so sad. Yeah, I, I I debated whether or not I should even read some of it. Oh my god, it's so sad. Um, it says, of one other I must speak, one dragged into the conflict and intrigue only by his loyalty to me. To the end of my days, I will bear the scar he gave me. His worn teeth sank deeply into my hand several times before he managed to drag me from that pool. How he did it, I will never know. But his head still rested on my chest when they found us. His mortal bonds to this world had broken. Nosy was dead. I believe he gave his life freely, recalling that we had been good to one another when we were puppies. Men cannot grieve as dogs do. But we grieve for many years. Oh man, you're killing me. <laughs> that's so sad. I mean, really, that's that whole like people don't deserve dogs. Fitz definitely doesn't deserve dogs because he at this, doesn't. At this point, he is blacklisted at the ASPCA. No <laughs> more dogs. <laughs> He's on a watch list. He just kills everything he touches. I mean, he does feel regret about that. There's like another aside where he's like, oh, every dog that I have encountered and loved has died for me in some way yeah uh 
So, yeah. Fair warning. He should have a disclaimer, a dog, before they do the wit together. He's like, okay, let me just tell you, you're probably going to die. Well, you know that website that goes through movies? It's called Did the, Does the Dog Die? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> not only, needs that for his not life. only does the dog die in this first book, two dogs die. In two this dogs. First, I mean, that is... I was, you know, when Smithy died, I was kind of like... Mm. That's unfortunate, but I did not have emotion about it. This one, I'm like snotty. I'm like, I have tears rolling down my face right now from you reading that. Like, this one got me. I think Robin Hobb was very brave to kill two dogs in her in the first Yeah, movie. again, it, goes, it makes me like she's got to be a cat lady for sure. I don't know. The way that she describes it is very, it's epic, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. I think that she, she must have a deep and profound respect for dogs. Yeah. I mean, I mean, sort of a spoiler, but the way she talks about cats later in books. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Not, I es- not especially oh, really? complimentary. Well, and she she also murdered a cat in this book, so it's like two dogs, one cat. There's a lot of dead animals in this yeah, book. There are a lot of dead animals. Uh, so, so just to keep going, Fitz is gravely injured from this uh, yet another near-death experience. Uh, so he spends a long time recovering in the Mountain Kingdom with Jonquil and Burrich, who is also recovering and not complaining about it. Uh, but they're <laughs> they're physicking him and you know nursing him to health. Catrickin, August, and the rest, including Regal, uh, but not Burrich, Hands, and Fitz, go back to Buckkeep uh, before it gets too cold. And and Regal is very cowed and thwarted uh, and brought back to his father and brother, though most have no idea of his attempted coup. Fitz skills erratically, mostly in his dreams. He communicates uh, with Verity during his recovery, uh, and he contemplates his place in Shrewd's court fatalistically. Uh, but in the end, the six duchies got what it needed from this marriage, most especially the timber needed to construct the ships to fight the Red Ship Raiders. I really love when he skill dreams because he just, I don't know, like, you're enough to wake the dead. We must find a master mm-hmm. for you to teach you some control. Oh, yeah. He's like, <laughs> it's like my good thing you, you were super unconscious on my wedding night. And also, Ketrickin <laughs> yeah. just thinks I keep dreaming of drowning. Dream for no drowning. <laughs> yeah. That's to quote awesome. someone later in the series, you're so loud. You're so loud. Uh, you feel too much. Too much. Huh? Uh, and that brings us to the epilogue, which is just a, a couple pages. And in it, Fitz is an old, or an old man, older man. It's in the future. We're back to the time at the very beginning of the book when he was writing things down. Um, and he's writing down his recollections of the skill and the wit and the Red Ship Raiders and, and really just his story growing up in Buckkeep. Uh, but he's tired, his hands are shaking, and he has he asks a boy to go get him herbs to help him sleep, and it ends up being the carry me herb that we saw earlier in the section. Uh, and Fitz contemplates the possibility of taking three of the leaves instead of uh, two, I think, for sleep, mm-hmm. one for pain, two for sleep. Um, mm-hmm. And it says somewhere, a friend says softly, "No." And that is that is the end. <laughs> That's just, the end. We we did it. We read the whole book, you guys. One leaf is is it is one more leaf and you die. That seems like I feel like it's like five more leaves and you die. No, Maybe it's, it's a, three. It's an, he ate. It's an he, exponential. It's the th- three leaves he ate in the garden with Princess Ketty. I know. I just feel like no, it wasn't know, in really the garden. It was die. in the honey cakes. 
No, it, no, it wasn't was in the, the garden. honey cakes. It was leaves. He thought. Oh, he, he thought, thought it was, it was the honey cakes. And then it was like, it was no, you actually... just fucking ate them yourself. Here, she handed them to you and you Here, try them. these <laughs> three yeah. leaves. She literally said, here, try these three leaves. And he's like, yeah, they kind of taste different. She's like, She's no, like, player, that's a safe <laughs> fucking leaf. Can't believe you <laughs> fucking ate those leaves, you fucking idiot. <laughs> was it the leaves? Maybe yeah. you want to die. Because it was three, because it's the carry me herb that he almost died from. No, I know that part. Yeah, she literally does, because there's this whole thing where she's like, see, these three, they look the same, but they taste different. Taste yeah, each he's of like, them. he's placeboed by it. He's like, oh, yeah, totally different. These <laughs> things don't taste anything alike. Uh, so who do we, well, I know who the friend is, but who do our new readers think the friend is? I was going to say, we can talk about that in the conversation. <laughs> I'm going to assume it's the fool, but I don't know. Good guess. It's either that or an animal, one or the other. The fool is the only person who I would say was a friend to him in this entire book, so. Mm -hmm. So, friends in high places. Uh, Bye, Galen. Yeah. (laughs) Don't need him anymore. See ya. Well, and character intros and exits. Poor Princey. We met him, and then we had to say goodbye so Mm -hmm. quickly. And Ketrican does not seem fully prepared to enter this new place that she lives in, and I really hope that Verity no. takes care of her. I feel like she's going to get eaten alive. Possibly. How much does that suck that, mm-hmm. like, now you have to go live with Regal still there and Regal's, like, high treason, high treason and trying to kill yeah. you. And, oh, no, he's just been, like, slapped on the wrist and... But she doesn't know that. She still... Didn't they go along with the story that it was Fitz and she forgave him? Oh, she uh, knows. Well, she knows because the, the skilling was, like, happening around her and to her. Oh, okay. And August made that announcement. I don't know who was there when he made it. I would assume that Verity would tell her. That doesn't okay. seem like something that Verity would keep to himself. Uh, skills yeah. acquired. Does Fitz gain any new skills? No. He learns what poison tastes like. Does he? (laughs) (laughs) After the fact, yes. Does not learn to swim. He was nothing. He retains it. It's like when you have to get the pepper spray in the face before you're allowed to carry the pepper spray. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So now he knows how the people feel. Now he knows. Now he knows. Yeah. Uh, Animal assists, obviously nosy. Good old boy. He was. He was a very good boy. He's the best boy. Yeah. And shout out to his horse for carrying him all that way. Sooty did not. Sooty. Sooty did a good job. Sooty is the best horse. Uh, Was the fool there and how creepy was he being? We talked about this. You said that he he was very creepy (laughs) without even being there. The fool was not there. <laughs> He's very creepy. He was borderlining between a nine and a ten. <laughs> I and I, I put in the note that when I read the section about the baby, that the whole time I was like, "Oh God, here I am trying to convince <laughs> Ashley that the fool is the best character." <laughs> it's not going well. It's not it, going. Well. It remains debatable. <laughs> I just, I'm really curious to like see how you feel as you read each book about the fool. We shall learn. It is. It's like a, it's like, it's a weird, it is, it's interesting. It's like those, those movies where it's like, you're wondering how I got here. And it's like, I'm on the end being like, I love the fool. But when you're reading the first book, you're like, do you? 
Are you sure? <laughs> Chiclet teeth and a little baby. I don't know. <laughs> I, I love that he, he definitely knew that Fitz went in the room. So it's like, what did he walk in? And it's like, oh, the baby's askew. The baby's askew. Yep. yep. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I love that baby. smelled him. He probably was like, why does my room reek? Like he probably elf. does that oh. trick with the penny on the floor, and you know somebody to <laughs> open the door if it moves. Yeah. Uh, Fitz Misery the Bastard has a moment. Heroics, tantrums, and extremely bad decisions. I feel like the part where he climbed up and then was underneath Regal's floor. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We have a very <laughs> good description of how everything is built, right? He was not hidden. He was just no, in the rafters. I, I get, the, yeah, I was wondering the same thing, because I'm like, they went out of their way to describe this place and how there's no cover and how he wasn't going to be able to do this assassination because you could fucking see everything. And he just spider monkeys his way up to this floorboard <laughs> and nobody gives a fuck. No, they're all like, well, that must be a thing they do in Buckkeep. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> uh. There's that weird poisoner kid lurking around. Oh, well. Oh, that's so subtle. Nah, Lady Time's poisoning yeah. uh, apprentice is, in the, is up in the rafters, guys. Never uh, trying to that find a wall. Assassin. <laughs> that's also, when he does that climb, though, is also one of the only times that he seemed 15 to me. Like, all the rest of it, I kept questioning how old he was because he seems really self-possessed, especially when he's talking to Rurisk, that I was like, is he older? Is he older? And I kept trying to figure out how old he was. But he's 15, and the only part where he seems 15 is when he, like, shimmies up a thing because he is a skinny little kid. Yeah. You know, and I think that's also like, oh, okay, so the dog picks him up. So he's not that big. You know, he's not a fighting man. He's just like a little teenager. Any other heroics or tantrums or extremely bad decisions? I mean, besides poisoning himself. At any point in time, poisoning himself. Besides accidentally killing himself, almost. Accidentally delivering the poison to Risk anyway. Yeah. He thought he was being like, so clever. Like, I was trying to be so clever and, like, show you the poison so that you didn't drink it. But, oh, look, I'm poisoning you anyway. Whoops, Rurus, didn't realize I mean, Rurus clearly died, like, he didn't know, right? So he was probably like, God fucking damn it, this yeah. asshole. <laughs> he was like, God damn, he's good. He's good. He's real good. <laughs> I fell for that shit. <laughs> That's really sincere. Fell for that. Uh, the next section is, but did you die? Almost. Well, a few people did. A lot of people died. We lost a lot of bodies. He was poisoned twice. He nearly drowned. Nearly drowned. All in like he one, was like in four chapters. Very sucked him dry of all his power. Yeah. yeah. He's still kicking though. So Regal yeah. wasn't like punished that much out of this, but I just imagine that conversation when he gets back. <laughs> like like five or six people died. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like where's half the people who left Buckkeep didn't come back? <laughs> I'd be like, look, you're gonna have to fucking dress yourself from now on, because Dad, I had an accident. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then our last section is what made you cry. Obviously, Nosy. Nosy was our number one crying. I almost cried in horror from the baby doll. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Anything else that you guys want to talk about for this first book? It's all done. You can even go back to the beginning. 
I'm interested to see what the pace is going to be like for the second book, um, because I feel like the front chunk of this book was pretty slow. Granted, I know it's the first book of a series and all that, and you got to build up to some things, but I feel like the end of the book was just like they crashed. She really like crammed a ton in, and then it was just like, eh, we're done. It kind of felt like a Sanderson structure to me, where like it starts out slow and then there's an avalanche ending. Or like Harry end. Potter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But you're like, ah final exams are coming shit's about to go down (laughs) (laughs) it's like nothing will happen yet it's only july (laughs) i mean the book definitely starts out in sort of a very meandering way i think because especially because he starts out so young and he's just like and this was my life and i went and played with feral children in town and then i did this and then i did that and then it's like finally you start getting into actual things I'm also really interested to see if Birch decides to embrace the wit at any point in the future, or <laughs> if he's still going to be like, nah, I ain't using it. Yeah, so definitely some unresolved storylines. Birch and Fitz and the wit, for sure, unresolved. Regal's still, Red Ship Raiders. Yeah, Regal's still alive and doing shit, unresolved. Red Ship Raiders, super yeah, unresolved. super unresolved. <laughs> Uh, Molly is still out there. Oh yeah. We didn't even talk about that where he went to visit Molly and the store had been closed for like 10 days. And then he finds out later that she, her dad died and they couldn't, he was super in debt and the store, she had to abandon it and leave. She left town. Right. Right. So, so we, that, that told him that, right? Yeah. Birch told him that he heard that the chandelry had been closed. And then Birch is like, and make then, sure you know your intentions before you talk to her again. Yes. And he's like, I'm a 15 year old and I haven't even thought about this right? yet. I know. I'm like his intentions. He's fucking 15. He has yeah. no intention. He doesn't even have a chin hair at this point. <laughs> he's still trying to figure out how to flirt. <laughs> he's going to be it's like. It's by not talking at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think for Fitz that would work. Get another puppy. Um, yeah, who who will be Fitz's <laughs> next victim? <laughs> Other than himself. All the animals. All, like Birch is just going around butt keep being like, do not talk yeah. to Fitz. Do not bond with Fitz. Do not bond no, with Fitz. Do not up like Nosey and Smithy? He's got a bad rep now. He's got a bad rep. He's also counseling Sooty on how to, you know... So he's probably got like this like super badass reputation. She's gonna get back and they're like, You carry the dog killer everywhere and he doesn't <laughs> hurt you. <laughs> She's like, no, Birch keeps me safe. So he's been through some rough stuff. She has though, been there's been horse like... people chasing her. And <laughs> yeah. She had to go through the, the river. She had to get on a whatever. boat for fuck's sake. Yeah. yeah. Was, and was, meantime, she had a fucking baby. Was she pregnant during all of that with the Forge stuff? <laughs> oh, she did have a baby. She <laughs> had a baby. This woman is a hustler. She dropped that foal. Oh, Where is her foal? Not with them, I hope. I don't know. <laughs> Staying far, far away from Fitz. <laughs> I was like, Mom, I don't like that guy. All right, y'all. All right. Thank you for reading Assassin's Apprentice. Our next book is going to be Royal Assassin. And Royal we... Ass. Royal, Royal Ass. Ass uh, app is gone. Royal Ass beginning. Royal... Regal's the Royal Ass. To... <laughs> the Royal Ass. 
Uh, all right, I will post the chapters because I actually haven't looked at it to see if we can do the six, 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 six. I think it's going to be eight, <gasps> eight each because it's a lot longer. To cover. That's a lot to yeah. cover. Yeah, right. I kind of looked through it a little okay, bit already. Eight each. All right, well, we're going to try to keep doing it in the quarters, though. So Yeah. Well, we'll see if that works. Some of those longer ones we might have to... <laughs> I'm going to have to... Add an episode. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, my new readers can sign out now. All right, you guys. I'm Ashley. You can find me on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. I was Joey, and you can follow me on Instagram at powerkid.exe. All right. Bye. Okay, so spoilers. Spoilers. You guys, Night Eyes is coming. I know, right? <laughs> Night Eyes. So it soon. So Actually, is it like halfway through the book before he pops up? It's uh... no, it's chapter four. I looked because I was like, I need. <laughs> okay, so it's so it's in our first. It'll be in our first. It'll be in our first chapter. Nice. Yeah, in our first episode. First section. Uh, yes. Yeah, because I was like, you know, it'd be better if it said no, comma, stupid. <laughs> but that would be giving it away a right. little bit too much. Be like, no, idiot, stop trying to die. <laughs> As Thaddeus will famously say later when he's not even alive, dying, dying is boring. Is boring. <laughs> it's my favorite Night Eyes quote ever. Dying is boring. Because I was so excited when we got to it. It's amazing how much of an impact he makes in know, the like he's three or four books character. he's in. Yeah, in like the three and a half books. Three. He's only in three books. Three. He's only in three <sighs> books, but I mean, come on. He's in the last yeah, trilogy. No, yeah, he's yeah. Character she in the last just trilogy. decided that like, oh, hey, I killed him off and I shouldn't have. Let's just have him yeah, be a spirit. Yeah, that, 100% that's what happened. She was like, I'm not going to do that that trilogy. And then they were like. And that is a valid choice and a correct choice. And I am very Yeah. Good. I feel like if you were going to make the, if you were going to be like, oh, I'm going to do another trilogy. Because I don't think that she intended to the way that no. Fool's Fate ended. Like, right. uh-huh. or maybe, or maybe she thought she would, but it wouldn't like focus on them. It would be about someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, that last trilogy like, really did seem like a, almost a one-off. It's weird. Like I, when I, I mean, when it, we can talk about this when we get there, but I was hoping it would be more about B and less about Fitz, which is stupid of me to think since it's called the Fitz and the Fool trilogy. <laughs> but uh-huh. I mean, I... It's the same thing. It's the same critique I have of the new Star Wars movies, which I love. But it's just, I wish it was more uh-huh. about the new people and less about the old people. I mean, I, I like getting more of the, the full backstory. And I like sort of filling in those blanks. And I like yelling did you, at Fitz repeatedly. Did you like it? Did you like No, I mean, it's about... awful. But um, <laughs> I I think it's interesting. Yeah. Um, just I'm, ex- happy. I'm excited to uh, read that trilogy without the like looming waiting for them to die the whole time dude i i actually remember very vividly reading it because it was the i got it that book came out like five days after my apartment burned down Mm. and i was sitting and i was you know i I couldn't read it and i couldn't read it and i finally was like okay i can read it i have time because i was waiting for the movers to come from the old apartment to the new that was the last book that was the last book and I was like, I am in a really difficult place in my life. <laughs> I should probably not read this. But I couldn't help myself. It was like I sat on the floor in this in the apartment that I have now 
empty of furniture. I just sat on the floor. There was no air conditioning, no power. And for like the two hours that it took for them to like get there, I sat and read that book. And the whole time it was, it, it was like, I couldn't stop. And then like, I had to stop to actually like move and stuff. But then I was like sitting amongst the boxes, just in the darkest place that I could be reading that and book. And then for several months you yelled at me and were like, why are you not finished with this book? I need to talk to you. <laughs> it was horrible. So I, I didn't finish it until like October and I was reading it on the plane to, well, to LA to then go to Australia. And I remember just like sitting there reading it and just sobbing next to Sarah <laughs> and being like, I get it now, I get it. Oh God. <laughs> It, it was difficult and I've never been able to go back. In fact, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to do the podcast because I was afraid to even do another reread, even though I really wanted to. I wanted to go back. You need back. emotional support. I needed the emotional support for it because it hurt me. Like I knew they were going to die. I knew they were going to die. Right. As soon as I opened well, that book and the dedication was like to my friends of 20 years, I was like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> well, the worst was when I was reading the chapter where Fitz kind of dies. Mm, yeah. And he gets like crushed by all the stuff in the yep. in the tunnel. Yep. I was on the train with my mother because she was visiting at the time, and she's trying to talk to me like while I'm reading this chapter of him dying. I'm like, stop, stop! I can't have this conversation with you right now. I'm reading this horrible because I'm like, this is a book where she could kill him earlier Early, because like night eyes. Yeah. There, there is B who can carry on the story, whereas you know prior books, you're like, well, he can't actually die. Like he's the only POV. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hard. Anyway, um, even though that that's far in our future, but it just everything's building up to that, you know. And I um, I'm worried about the 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 second trilogy because like as soon as they get there, I mean, I'm worried about this. I don't. I'm worried. I'm just worried that I'm not gonna be able to hold it together. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I, it's just gonna be like my audio is just gonna be like, <laughs> you know, just like. This is why I'm very curious to see how Ashley reacts as she continues to read and how she reacts to the pool because it's almost I know your feelings just increase exponentially as as, as they it it's hor- it's it's awful like the it's almost I, I understand now why British Paul was like read these books because you read them <laughs> and they hurt you and you're like the only way that it's better is if everyone around me is hurt too. <laughs> They just need to understand why you're hurting and why it's but it's so, and like, it's funny emotional. that we talk about that where it's like haha it's so uh, I want to die but like <laughs> it's also beautiful it is it's like you know going to going to see a like a beautiful tragedy you know like yes that's that kind of beauty and it's been long enough that sort of is like reliving it a little bit at least some of the things in this this trilogy are definitely feel like I'm reliving. And then oh, also I, with, oh, with yeah. like with Ashley's reactions to things too. Yes. Yep. It's, I can't wait till we get nice. to the last trilogy and everyone is just like, Fitz, you moron. <laughs> because I remember reading that first book in that trilogy and when I was done with it, I literally like threw it down on the floor because I was so angry. I just remember being like, Nettle escaped. <laughs> Like she's so mad that those that she like didn't get the you know the childhood and the father figure that she thought like no no it's like no no it was, good. It, was it was better this way it was much better <laughs> Birch was a much 
better father figure for you and Fitz can just be your useless stepdad like <laughs> it's fine even at like what 60 something how old was he in those books he was pretty old oh god he's like, yeah, he like he's, I have he's... so much to say about like the aging and how old people are and like Molly just being old. The Molly and... descriptions are just horrible. <laughs> oh god! Just... The whole. I mean, actually, you know what? I can't wait for the pillow. Ashley's rest. reaction to her being pregnant <laughs> forever and ever and ever, and the birth of being oh. she's gonna die. Because <laughs> I remember reading those chapters and just being like, "What the fuck, fuck am is I happening? Reading? What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> and we'll just be sitting there going, "Isn't it beautiful? It spits in the fool's baby." <laughs> Oh, yeah, and Molly's there. She carried it. It's fine. You can't say that, though. Those are spoilers. I know. I know. You can't say that. Uh. That's why we're in the spoiler section. We'll just say it in the spoiler section. Yes, we'll just... Ugh. Everything I... about his relationship with Molly is so disappointing because it's like he can't ever tell her the truth, and then when it matters, he doesn't believe her, and it's just like there's it's just nothing there. There's no foundation. I have a lot of opinions about the relationship with Molly. In fact, I there was a tweet maybe from yesterday actually that somebody was like what names of name the biggest thing that like like the biggest disappointment or whatever in in a in your favorite book and somebody had written mandatory heterosexuality <laughs> and i was like oh my god it's robin hobb like i love these it books is. but also what is molly's purpose at the end I... of the day what is to, Molly's to, purpose? To give birth to B, To apparently. give birth to the child of the fool and Fitz. And yes, it's her child too. And really, at the end, like... But then she dies. So she she immediately to, like, dies. And like, I know B has like these great, you know, these intense feelings her. about her and memories about her. And like, that's her lawyer. The you know, candles and like that stuff. Yeah. Right. But I feel like that was pushed on the reader to be like, Molly was great. And I'm like, are you sure? that molly was great the thing with molly is like you know she she's just sort of this constant thought that fitz has but he's never really invested in that relationship enough and she disappears for like long long sections of these books yeah Yeah. he's he's always in love with the idea of her in some way yeah i think he's in love with the idea of loving her but one once she goes be like he never thinks of her beyond this moment the red skirts on the beach that's right right yeah and 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 she was she is especially in this book she is very strong and she's like kind of an awesome character but it's like even like this very beginning start it's still rocky like he doesn't you know he does he can't he can't right. open I mean, up it's to more her traditional all. fantasy at this point and i feel like i feel like if you told me that robin hobb did not ha- plan to use the fool the way that she ends up using him in this in the second trilogy i'd believe you mm-hmm. because again like we when he's described he is terrifying and <laughs> it's really all just about him being this like vessel for prophecy and change and exposition but also being this like private mysterious character you know like i i don't know i i would love i've never read an interview where she talks about it but i would love to read an interview where she says whether or not she had planned on the fool's future from the very beginning because it reads to me and maybe it's a bait and switch. I don't know. But, it, you know, it, it reads to me that Molly was always endgame for her, especially in these first few books. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, especially in the first one, because you really don't get that much of the fool. Right. Or that or that she always knew that she was going to put Molly with Burrich. Right. And then, Which is still a weird and thing. then she was like, oh, wait, I don't have a backup girlfriend for Fitz. But then it's like, did she need one? Or was the fool <laughs> supposed to be a woman? Because there's all that stuff where they were Amber like, yeah. We're, gender stuff. All the and... gender stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. And I. We'll get into those debates, and I know there's a lot of fan debates online about what the intention and some of the things that Robin Hobb has said in interviews that kind of contradict the queer read. Yeah. Is it an actual, you know, sort of love story between them, or is it just like, you know, platonic soulmates? Um, right. Like, but they're unquote. not. I don't know. I think there's very clear subtext there. Yeah. Yeah. But at the and same it... time, I mean, I don't. For me personally, I feel like it would have been weird if they just like you know randomly like made out or whatever. Like it just it would have been jarring. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like she could have built to that if she'd wanted to, but that's where I'm kind of like clearly she never wanted to do that. So that's where it gets weird. Well, to me, it's also weird that she could have built a relationship with between them that was fairly platonic, where they it wasn't sexual at all, right? And they were just... It's very muddled. But she muddles it. Like, she throws in all a that lot. stuff with the kissing and the and the soul, you know, going together and making a fucking baby. And yeah. Like, I, I... What, what were... What like, the hand-holding... And, and the, just even the, the whole Amber thing and the fact that, you know, you have... I mean, not that I've read those books, but obviously I've read the, the third trilogy of Fitz and the Fool. Yeah. And, like, they all think that, you know, Amber is in love with Fitz and they just sort of accept They're that like, oh, is this the guy? This is the guy, Amber. Yeah, congrats. The guy. Even, even, like, Purr and Lanton, um, they're like, oh, yeah, we hear, like, rumors about, you know, Bucky, but everyone just assumes they're together. Yeah. Like, no matter what version he is. Right, you know? and they accept that, too, which is interesting. Right. That they're very accepting. because well, they don't really... I mean, there's never, there's not really any mention of any other characters being. Right. But also. Like, it's not. Well, I have suspicions about. I have suspicions about Regal, but that's. Well, yeah. I mean, I think you can read. But that's also one of those, like, like villains coded queer. Right, right, right. But it's not like, it's not like, you know, you read Martin's stuff and you get those like weird wording things where you're like you know he liked to hang out with squires of his own age you know like yeah. where you know like that's his his language coding that's very mm-hmm. yeah. it becomes very clear whereas with her like I don't get that sense in any of with any of the other characters or anything like that throughout the series and I kind of well you don't get a sense of it really a lot of the other characters are sexual at all and there's lots of True. there's lots of couples and lots of people getting married and um and I mean, there's lots of talk about, like, okay, we have to provide an heir, but it's never, right. like... It's, it's very private. Yeah. It, I think it... she tries a lot harder in the shit books to varying degrees of success, which we will talk about when we get there. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I love these books, obviously, but there are, I'm, you know, we can critique them yes. as readers. But, yeah, I it's going to be interesting when we get into the gender stuff, because that whole... And there, I forget what the quote is, but the one where she was like, oh... She said in some interview that it's not a sexual relationship. I'm always just like, but you made them make a baby. <laughs> Platonically. Platonically, they made a baby. And they switched <laughs> well, they, I mean, they switched bodies for a bit. They switched they, bodies they were, they for were a bit. They were together for a bit. I mean, I, like, the thing is, I can see it that way. I can. They merge into it, one. Yeah, they merge into one. At the same soul. time, it's like, 
And when it's described, it's not... I mean, they have these... I mean, even, like, you know, in the third trilogy, like, they hold hands, and it's, like, this big thing. Or they sleep together in the same bed, or, you know, like, cuddling, or playing with each other's hair, or... You know, it's just... Just even the the conversations about calling each other beloved, and, like... His his fucking name is Beloved. Are you fucking kidding me? My favorite line of, it's not unattractive yes he's not unattractive like whatever anyway this will be a queer reading of the relationship and if you don't like that maybe don't listen (laughs) all right anything else after after he gets his nose broken yeah yeah and the fool's the fool's like uh oh you were so beautiful or something like that (laughs) yeah well okay i think we can clearly establish the fool is in love with Fitz. oh Oh, yeah 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 yeah. it's really just Fitz getting over his his issues but the fit but come on who does especially at the end of his life who Who does does he yes who does he end up with who does he want who does he yeah well, I mean, he basically forgets Molly exists. I mean, that's well, which is hilarious. Which is why whenever Joey, so Joey is like he's in the second book now, or he's in the third book, S- second trilogy. No, no, I think he just started the second trilogy. But oh, okay, because he's reading ahead. Because when you listen to the audiobook, you know he's got to get ahead of of the recording schedule. But he hates Molly. And I mean, she's so I'm trying not to either. influence that because I also hate Molly. And I'm always like, yeah, you hate her? That's interesting. <laughs> but like putting my fingers together, you know, like, yes. I mean, I don't think I hated her the first time I read the, the first Really? Trilogy. I thought that she I... was emotionally manipulative and just... Well, I do think in the in the second book, it's when she like is working in the castle and that gets all weird and everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um... I, I kind of agree with you, but I I think at least in like the first book, like I agree she is like this you know, written as this strong character, but like strong person. I wouldn't say she's a strong character yeah, because she's I barely agree. in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of frustrating too, that if she was supposed to be this great love interest, I feel like she should have been in like more of a presence. No, like, I, I feel, feel like I feel more. She has Birch a stronger relationship. She has like a shiny coat or whatever. Yeah, says I, mean, yeah. I feel more for the the relationship between Fitz and Kentrickin than I do. Yes. Between oh Fitz my god, and Molly. I exactly them so hard. I'm like they should have fucked like for real, not like for fakes. <laughs> they should have just done it for real. Because but... I mean, like that that's a romantic relationship that I would have believed. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like Fitz and Molly is just this weird idealistic idea of of love that rather than actually really being love which right i think that yeah. they're both ideas and they don't not just molly just doesn't do it for me so anyway oh. anything else that we want to say <laughs> i am excited to get into the next book thank you for reading these books with me you guys it's been nice rereading it actually because i'd forgotten so much so it's nice to get back into them yeah i'm very glad and that we have got completely to. new readers too <laughs> that really helps I'm... freshen the books and like helps me look at them without constantly looking forward like to just look at the chapters that we are reading mm-hmm. is really nice i think i also struggled because i wanted to reread it before but i couldn't get past the beginning because it is really slow um so this definitely helped that mm-hmm. and now i have night eyes as motivation night eyes is gotta get to chapter four night i absolutely would not be reading it this fast if i didn't have a schedule to keep up with you guys I am oh, a no. very slow reader. Me neither. 
Yeah, well, you've got you've got some time because we're going to take a recording break before we better so that we don't so that we can all get through Dragon Con. Um, and then I realized that New York Comic Con is right right there at the end. Just I know we're. Tr- I just keep pretending like it's not going to happen. Like it's just not there. It's not. It's not there on the horizon. All right, we got to end because this is going to take forever for me to edit. So. Okay. Any last? Okay. Any last? Oh, I. Oh, I see. You. I put in. Uh, does Rusk have the wit? Um, and I there were there there were a couple might... moments when I thought maybe it was pointing to. I mean, Ketrickin definitely does. Yeah. So, so he's related to Ketrickin. She has the wit to some degree. There was a moment where he glances at the door and then she walks through. So, mm-hmm. I mean, possibly that's not like a like a guaranteed indication. But then also, uh, Nosy starts crying as soon as Rurisk dies. So was yeah. he there or did it's he true, just happen to have. sense that Rurisk had died? And so I don't know. Just something something I thought I'd point out. It, it's mm-hmm. not important, but it's interesting, <laughs> maybe. Especially, especially if uh, Fitz got his wit from the mountainside, which he totally true, did. right? Which he totally makes did. sense. He's the best of all of the lines. Yeah, <laughs> the crossroads. Makes- He's the crossroads yes, of all of the, the lines. The crossroads, the changer. And he's the changer, changer. the catalyst. <laughs> Beloved. No. All right, we got it. I'm turning it up. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this has been this has been Buckkeep Radio. Join us with our next episode when we begin reading Royal Assassin. I'm Rachel, and you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Rachel. I'm Eli, and you can follow me on Instagram at Chewy Bread Cosplay. And I'm Jenny, and you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Jenny'sLife87, and uh, find me on Redbubble at uh, Jen Snow if you want that beloved shirt that you know. <laughs> I can really, I, I can totally cry. That. Uh, also, you can follow Buckkeep Radio on Instagram and Twitter. You can comment on Podbean or any of our social channels, or email us at BuckkeepRadio at Gmail if you want comments to go in the spoiler sections. Bye bye. Bye.